children, welcome to the Church of Pantan podcast, the premier Battle Spirit Saga talk show available on all your favorite podcast platforms. May the course be our saviors. I'm a spirit, your head of service, and joined with me are my apostles, John and Cosmic Cause. How are we doing this week? Uh, we're holding on to just threads of sanity at this point, going a casual <laughs> zero and 69 in pro tour testing. It's just been a great time. Just having so much fun. Yeah, it, that's definitely where it's feeling. And we're good, definitely going to be touching base about that. And John, how are we this week? Good, good. You know, I'm kind of in the same same boat as cause. I mean, not as many losses probably, but um, <laughs> just deep in the pro tour testing throws and uh, trying out different things. Yeah, I mean, as your board says, send me your best red deck, right? Just <laughs> yes. Yeah, my team's awful. Need a good red deck just to keep the streak going. Mm-hmm. You know, it feels like every event uh, I end up testing two, three different decks that I love. I'm like, all right, here we go, playing something different, and then like just get talked into playing red. Mm-hmm. So just just looking forward to the same thing happening again. Yep, yep, 100%. Uh, and that's actually going to be a lot of what our conversations are about today. It's going to be a bit of a shorter episode. And this time I say this with the intent that it's for real. John's going to be an adult today, so we can't keep him stuck around for too long. But we'll be t- a little bit of a Pro Tour pre-chat, just kind of rambles about kind of where we think things are going, how our testing is going. We're not going to divulge too many team secrets, but, you know, just enough to to at least, you know, where everyone's heads are at. And then we're going to talk about uh, Purple's dominance. I think there's a w- big awareness that Purple is tier zero or the biggest target and kind of makes sense uh ironically enough outside of red decks it's probably the one that got hurt the least by the depth ban but now they don't have to face the like speed rush of overraptodon to kind of punish them as hard so we'll be looking towards those things uh then we'll do guess that flavor text and then we'll wrap up by just a nice chat of like who do we think is going to win the tournament you know what, what are the guesses here a lot of very notable players going to this tournament so we can go from there but you know uh to kick off the pro tour pre you know i know cause you were talking about how unfortunately your testing has been a little bit rough um you know what what are your takes with the meta right I, you know what one thing that you know i'll preface a lot this feels like the launch meta right and i mean like the launch meta if you like even account for the fact that like td didn't reveal pterosaurs this feels like pre-pterosaur reveal launch meta for the most part where it's just like you got purple Nova and then like some people keep trying to force white control to work. And then it's just like everything else revolves around that. I don't know. So with that said, you know, kind of how, how, how do, how's our prominent yellow green player feeling? <laughs> feeling pretty rough to be honest, but yeah, you kind of nailed it that uh, in terms of other people I've been testing with, I mean, nobody really wants to be the guy that's the punching bag of yellow and green players and, Bless his heart. Ryan made me just sh- shove up a uh, yellow deck. He's like, hey, man, let's let's test this. I'm like, dude, this is 90-10. Like, let's, come on. Don't make me do this. And then I proceeded to just get absolutely dunked on. I'm like, can I please stop as I'm, like, shuffling my cards back together? He's like, oh, yeah, this matchup is as awful as you say it is. Like, yes, I played a lot of yellow. I know how these matchups go. Um, but really, just I, I love, well, obviously, everyone knows I love yellow. I probably don't have to talk about that too much. But there's still a lot of fun things that I've been enjoying in green that feel like they're almost there. And keep in mind, I'm also doing set three testing. So I think part of my head can't be exactly dedicated to, to the pro tour. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, unfortunately, I do content, right? Um, and that's like uh, making me a little bit biased for it. But like set three green is so fun. There's so much cool stuff it's that you so can be doing. Good. Oh, my God. And then there's set two and lore set. And I'm just like, it's just not, I just give me hurricane Highlands. Like just let me slide that in there just to start. And some of the other key cards, like it's uh man, it's been rough, but set three is super fun. So that's, that's the silver lining to all this. No matter what the next week unfolds, uh, we have just one tournament and it's over. And then we actually get to go on to the really fun stuff. And again, I've been having a ton of fun. I just like, 
put this Red Guardian deck together that is way better than it had any business being, um, which was like a total shocker to accidentally stumble across something. But again, that doesn't help me for the Pro Tour. So mm. uh, we're hanging on to just, I'm going to try a couple more yellow and green lists, just try a few more iterations, get some good things on paper I want to try out. But man, uh, purple is just good. <laughs> we're going to be saying that a lot. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the biggest thing. It's the biggest target on its back. It just does... Well, purple things from set one is like just now that like we don't have like Axe Batter kind of gatekeeping that. So, I mean, you know, how, how are you feeling leading up to the Pro Tour, John? How does, how's, uh, you know, obviously I think we kind of all have a general idea of like where the meta's at and we'll be touching base on the Nexus boys and kind of doing their tier list and talking over that. But um, mm -hmm. are you surprised by anything or it's just kind of, you know, you know what you're going I into? Mean, not really. I mean, there's a couple decks that, you know, we tested. Um, you know, Ryan Valentino built a deck a couple weeks ago that, you know, just something that we wanted to try and it turned out to be actually really good. Mm. Um, so we kind of built on it a little bit and, uh, you know, it's a contender, but like most teams or groups, I mean, I think it's just basically, you know, we have a good red deck, we have a good purple deck and we have a pretty good white deck. Like, you know, I feel like any team, if you ask them right now, they'd be like, yeah, we, you know, we have a good red, purple and white deck. I mean, that's kind of where, you know, everyone is, uh, you know, yellow, I think is fine. Mm. I don't think it's like, you know, let's play it in the pro tour fine, but I think it's fine. Uh, nothing else to really say about that. Green's also the same way. Like, Green and yellow are both kind of in the spot where they're both fine. Mm -hmm. But when you take into consideration that, uh, you know, this is a good segue into the uh, purple topic, but I, I personally feel, and I think, you know, uh, my team feels the same way that purple's probably going to be about half of the pro tour. You know, if there's a hundred people, I would not be shocked 50 to 55 play some sort of purple deck. I think that maybe another 20% might be red, 20, 25% might be red. And then the rest will just be made up of like, you know, white, yellow, and green decks. So when you're testing, you can't, you know, all these cool decks, it's like, okay, this deck's cool. It's pretty good against red. It's good against yellow and green, but can it beat purple? It's like, ah, purple's kind of rough. Immediately, you have to discount the deck. Like, it's not a, mm -hmm. a real deck anymore because you can't beat the deck that's going to make up half the field. And, uh, you know, we had this discussion in Discord as well, you know, in the uh, general channel. It's like, um, uh, I lost my train of thought now, wherever we were, we were gone with this, but. The whole point, though, is that it if your deck can't beat purple, you can't feasibly play it in the Pro Tour, right? I mean, that's pretty much where everyone is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it also doesn't help that, like, already pre-Pro Tour meta, I think there was a decent disposition um, of, like, Europeans playing purple, right? Like, you had a Yumu who's, like, basically only ever really played purple. You had Atu who played purple. Um, I think there's a, not a notable amount of players that decide to switch over to Pterosaurs, but now that... I think there's not, you know, like a predefined list that's like been like curated by TD team TD, like a couple of goes before people have a chance to kind of jump into the meta. There's like, maybe the default will be jumping back into purple. I, I already expected EU pre ban list to be pretty heavy on purple just because of the way they are. And I think even more so now that it's very clearly 
it's just like it has such good game against pretty much everything like i yeah. like you you can take purple into any matchup and like even in a position where i resolve maybe one or two star blessed i feel almost the exact like they could still win it and i'd be like yeah i could see that happening like it's just yeah you know and and i'll give you know Kyle a chance to I'll chime in here too sorry but just to make one more point it's that also when you're testing you have to take into you know two things into consideration like you you have the people who've been playing purple since the launch event right you have like zach you have like ryan miles there's a few other people like like iumi like you said so if you know that purple's the best deck if if you play purple you have to know it as well as those people like i don't so i am mm-hmm. not playing purple because i can't beat those people like ever in any kind of mirror match and then there's the red players right like you have the true duelist team that always plays red since day one you have some of the europeans so like if you play red you have to feel confident that you know the mirror match better than them like if you can't then like maybe you don't play red so you're just kind of in a weird spot you know you kind of just play your comfort deck deck that you know the best and just kind of go from there mm-hmm yeah, that's really the part I was going to echo anyways. It's like we're going into this meta, you know, to Spira's point, like Ayumu is definitely one of the key players to think about, like have been playing purple from the start. And I'm sure there's other people that are also going to be there that like, hey, these people have been playing non-stop purple for six months and they've gone through all the iterations of it. They've gone through all the different formats with it. They are definitely the kings and queens and all in between with, with the format. And for those of us like myself, who I've played purple in literally one event. I, I also can't play purple like I'll do it for testing because obviously you still want to know like what some of the lines are going to be um, and what they sequencing they might look to and like what their average turns look like. But I would go into that event knowing that I'm at just such a, a back foot compared to, you know, half the field that's of purple, like of all the purple players, I'm guaranteed worse than half of them on purple. And that's just not somewhere that I want to be either. It just feels like a, a really awful spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I played purple in Ohio. Um, and I'm categorically well known as just like someone who jumps decks a lot. I don't think I'm known for like one specific deck. I tend to try like every go. I try something new because I just like to vary up my game style. Um, and it's just like I, I still think I'm a decent player, but like playing like four purple mirrors just felt absolutely miserable, especially as someone who hadn't dunked like weeks of practice into the deck and had played in a competitive event previously. Um, Zach made the point in the discord very much that like the purple matchup for me, it's always been like. Whoever, whichever purple player can stick their nexus usually wins because you can outgas the other purple deck. But like, there's just a few key cards that like, if you see, you're so advantaged. But then even beyond that, it's the skill between like, hey, if it turns out you're facing off against a Maduke, how do you pivot around dealing with that Maduke or be dealing around against the other key cards? You know, how do I, how do I not play into a cursed dragon? You know, like, yeah, it's those mid game lines that the people like you know, like Ayumi and Zach are 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 gonna see and know. Whereas mm-hmm. someone. You know, I, I use myself as an example. I don't play purple much. So while I know most of the lines and the early plays and whatnot, but if I get into like a complex, you know, board state in the mid game, like I, I'm I'm going to get outplayed every time. So, you know, f- for me, that's kind of the, you know, deciding factor. Like I, I can't play purple at, at this pro tour. And I think that our team kind of feels the same way. Is that like, why would we play purple when we can just play red mm-hmm. so yeah i feel that um so i guess before we go too too deep in the into it if you had to pick between green or yellow john which one are you playing at the pro tour uh 
personally, I mean, I, I've played green more than yellow, so mm. I'm more comfortable on green. But I think that the blessed spirits right now are better positioned than the swift spirits, you know, just to make mm-hmm. a simple comparison. So, you know, probably yellow then, I guess I'd have to say. Yeah, I do like yellow. I think Godslayer is good. I think Godslayer is funny enough. I think Godslayer is a better tool in green than it is in yellow right now. But either way, I think um, they're kind of, yeah, I, I think they're pretty equal for the most part. I think you could take either or, and I think it'd be, it. I'm not saying yeah. do so, but I think you're fine. <laughs> yeah, Godslaying is like the yellow answer to Rex more or less, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just how you're, you're you know, uh, killing Rex. Um, Godslaying's actually been pretty lacking in testing i was hoping it'll it'll be better but it's just kind of mid mm-hmm. um it is good against rex but most of the time it doesn't do what you want it to do you know? yeah like the like whole card it's it's, that's it's a like lot a big deal yeah you kind of have to do it on like board breaker positions right so it's like maybe you deal with the rex and maybe the red player doesn't have anything after that um uh, in a lot of things I've been looking at, like if they stick an Enterprise, let's say for whatever reason against the deck I'm playing at, it's actually kind of nice because they'll almost never attack with the Enterprise, so you almost never hit them with the Avalanche. But you at least get the advantage that they'll probably want to get a dual block off, and then you can kind of like God say and go from there. So I, I, I do the one card is expensive and it hurts, um, but I, there are some key matchups where I'm like this could actually put in a decent amount of work. So it's it, it's a weird balance for sure um so to that regard uh of course you know we've been talking a lot about how like purple is very much tier zero and to that end uh we can take a quick peep over at uh the nexus which like huge shout out to them they're a european based podcast so we do love more content around the globe um and i've been enjoying their shows i think they're yeah they're on their third episode now so definitely recommend you guys go check those out um but uh, this time around they did a pre um pro tour uh medalist which is kind of nice because uh john actually highlighted this in the discord at some point where it's just like it's nice and refreshing to have a conversation about the meta even though everyone is like keeping everything so close to their chest and it's just kind of tough when like so many of like your come um your your content creators are competitive players as well so like i feel you know realistically between the 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 pro tour and then the two grand opens following which of course will be fresh meta themselves so it's just like whichever team breaks those metas Right. It's like legitimately like almost what, a, like a hundred thousand dollars total price pool across three tournaments in three weeks, you know, between the 50K of the Pro Tour and the 25K for each Grand Open. So it's just like it's a huge amount on the line. So it's at least refreshing to have that conversation going. Um, so to that end, uh, you know, when we look at their uh, the, uh, their tier list, we're looking at top tier. Um, you got uh, purple curse dragon combo, whatever. And for what it's worth, we've always said that purple kind of overlaps like. Would you be shocked to see a Maduke in a curse combo deck? No, not really. Um, uh, then you got Nova up here, which I do think Nova is obviously better without Axe Spider, you know, but is it top tier? Who knows? And then you, in the good tier, you got Terras, you got White Ma- Machine Beast Control, you got Curse, Aggro, Lower the Ground, uh, you got White Aggro. In the OK category, we've got uh, Yellow, pr- primarily like the Fable Beast Shell. Uh, in May, you got like Canyon Green. I think this is like Tokiwa Volcanic Canyon, good stuff. Um, which like can be fine and then you got the cheeky stuff which is like green aggro and a yellow luster and for the most part i think they're generally bang on um someone made the comments in a, another discord i'm in that this just looks like the launch meta which i said earlier this very much looks a lot like the launch meta, which just goes to speak to the power level of set one but um i think my only question mark here is that i definitely think purple kind of stands on its own at the very top you drag nova down to like good and then i think for the most part i'm in agreement with kind of what this looks like 
Yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, I think Nova drops down to good. Um, you know, I I personally feel, I mean, obviously I'm biased, but my own testing results have shown that Nova is worse than pterosaurs. Um, you know, even with the OV ban, I still think pterosaurs is better um, just because it's a better Scorch Battlefield deck. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I white aggro, I probably wouldn't put on good at the moment just because it basically can never be purple. Um, so it's probably just on the okay line. Uh, but that's just, you know, probably uh, nitpicking. Um, I also think that um, I'm a Duke, like that deck, similar to like the Matasak deck from like Tulsa. Um, that deck's probably just in the okay column right now because it just, you know, again, mm-hmm. can't beat core control like ever. Um, so, you know, otherwise, I mean, this was a really good list and the whole conversation uh, was very good. I mean, you know, I don't know if people know, but the two people in the middle on that picture there with the purple background is uh, M. He uh, second place, maybe top four in one of the, or maybe two of the European Grand Opens. And then Kieran, the third person down, uh, Sinclairic on the uh, Discord, he has, you know, several top 16 finishes himself so they're really good players i don't i don't know the other two guys but just from you know listening mm-hmm. they're, they're they're very good players seem like they know what you're talking about uh and you know i feel like this list was very well done mm-hmm. yeah any anything that you know kind of fancies you cause or do you feel like this just looks about right no i think it's pretty spot on i mean the because you had asked john earlier and i'm just gonna agree with it it's like between the two of yellow and green i'm definitely gonna put yellow to a slight um advantage if only because overall people are cutting back on things like burning force so you do just randomly have games where plastic cathedral just gets to run away and then you get so far ahead it doesn't matter anymore uh but overall you know you dual eagle is still good dual eagle is still a guy joker is still good uh but the large question mark around the rest of it is like what does the rest of the deck look like um you know i, I did get a chance to test a little bit of the uh the set three deck with genbu and is really great uh, because you get the extra unblockable, then you have blessed unblockable and all that stuff. Um, and you can actually don't feel bad running flying turtle and all that stuff. But by itself right now, uh, Fable Beast in general feels like it's in this awkward spot where like you want to do Blessed Cathedral and Tin Man to get the value, but then you don't have enough uh, Fabled Beast for the Nexus. And then it's like, oh, am I just running Blessed Cathedral and some other package? So it just really feels like Yellow doesn't have that one cohesive list that it really wants to shine with. And it's just a lot of like, okay, I want to play Yellow or I'm forcing myself to play yellow. Here's some good cards I'm throwing in the deck, and I hope it does something. Um, and Godslaying has been cute. Uh, I'll, I'll also agree with John. Like it was, I, I thought it was going to be a lot better uh, than what mm. it ended up being. I think it's still fine, and it's something that yellow lists are going to be playing, but it's something that was not enough or did not give yellow as much of a boost as I was probably just coping for, right? But um, yeah, I, th- I think yellow is just in the very okay tier. Like I would not be surprised at all if someone hits you know top 16 with yellow. No doubt in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it still has really good cards. It's just not, doesn't seem like it's a fleshed out cohesive deck. It's just like kind of on the back of three or four cards, right? I mean, yep. you have Hippo, Eagle, Bless Cathedral, probably Phantasmal Paradise somewhere. So basically it's their, their nexuses and, and their blessed guys. I mean, that's, it, mm-hmm. it lives and dies by those cards. Um, so maybe someone can play a weird mid-range deck similar to like Iende's deck from Ohio and do something weird with it. I mean, I know he was playing 
like a that was like a cards 60 card pile right yeah yeah, yeah he, so he like had like, is that the one that had like the nova oh. in it and it had the uh, i don't think it had nova but he he had depths nomagard yeah um, you know handful of other things and you know he got second with it mm. uh and i think with fewer breaks in the meta now obviously that you know your your eagle will live a lot more uh but then you're like oh wait purple exists and purple has so many like like removal spells for all of your blessed guys now and you know if you can't get them through then you know like like i know that there's the harpy palace but if they kill your eagle it doesn't really matter what you put the cores on you mm -hmm. know what i mean uh but still i mean it's an okay deck and i think it's perfectly placed on the tier list but like Cos was saying, I don't think I'd be shocked at all if one got like 12th place. Sure. Yeah. Um, so to kind of return on the whole like white aggro just kind of like loses to purple and stuff. It's it's always an interesting conversation to me that like, you know, core control is a control deck and typically or control. It's more like mid range control, let's say. Um, and, you know, those kinds of decks usually full to aggro. But what we've noticed is like, you know, when a lot of like pterosaur players who don't understand the matchup would just kind of like run guys into purple and purple core control and like lose it out that way um or the notion that like white aggro has a tough time against purple and I, and i guess my question to that is that is like is the idea behind why it ends up playing that way that like because like purple is just constantly loaded with like card draw on sticks removal on sticks so they can kind of like two for one on like consistently like is that is that kind of why that plays out that way or yeah, I mean, that has a lot to do with it. I mean, mm -hmm. Curse Dragon's one of the main things, True. too, is that White Aggro has a hard time dealing with Curse Dragon because you, you have to go wide. Uh, let's see, Lamorak is like another new card that really, you know, stunts White Aggro's game plan. Of course, Beldegore, you know, there's more Beldegores floating around now. Um, you know, decks play three, four, you know, Beldegores now when they were just playing maybe two before. Uh, it's just the card quality of purple where it's like every card either kills one of your guys or just makes more cards for them. Uh, you know, it's just, there's so many things that can go wrong. So you're forced as white to either, you know, play 12, 16 free units, you know, free spirits to try to get through all that. Or, you know, you just, I don't know. There's really, I don't think there's anything you can do to really mm -hmm. beat purple with white aggro right now, unless you just rebuild the whole deck to go more mid range. Now, are we, are we as worried? So like naturally there was the ban list impacted a lot of things for the pro tour. Um, and you know, like we're, we're scared of purple going into the pro tour, but I mean, looking beyond the pro tour, are we cons and, and you know, there's always the, the the additional fact that a lot of us are testing for these tournaments and we're kind of trying to keep things close to our chest at least until we have you know data and then everyone can kind of get an idea of what the meta is looking like um are we concerned about purple going into set three or do we think between like green gale and like blue mill and whatever that there's enough tools to to mean that's not so bad because like i've i've watched daniel like run core control into like set three decks and it does pretty good <laughs> so is it are we concerned or worried or do, do we feel fine like naturally we don't have data to work off with but in terms of like kind of where we're seeing set three land 
I mean, I think a lot of it too is we have to still wait and see where things like shark control is going to land because that might be the new purple, right? Because I think just Impaler Forest and Blue Shenanigans is going to be really strong. But um, I definitely think those are the two things to kind of look out for and see how they're going to impact the meta. I think no matter what, going into set three, you have to be conscious of just how good core control is. But I don't think it's anything to be you know alarmed about yet by any means just to say, how the rest of the meta is going to evolve around what blue has to offer. Cause that, again, at the end of the day, blue is getting some insanely strong cards. Um, and I don't think mill is going to be exactly where I want it yet, but there are some other good control options in blue that might lend itself well. And then you just have this awkward stalemate of, you know, shark versus curse combo and see how that all unfolds. <laughs> but, uh, but I think it'd be really interesting uh, to say at least like, again, for me, the biggest thing is that we just finally have all six colors and mm-hmm. mono blue isn't really going to be a thing yet until probably set four, but at least it's, you know, some blue deck I'm sure is going to do well uh, at the first grand open, maybe not win, but I wouldn't be surprised if it gets up there, uh, you know, some top 16 shenanigans. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I, I don't think at least in my limited testing, I mean, I don't think purple's, like overwhelmingly tier zero going into a set three format, mostly because in my opinion, like they gained like approximately zero cards in set three that make their deck is very poor set three, you know, for, for purple Mm -hmm. as a whole. I mean, there's some cards that might find some place, but just as a whole, it's pretty lacking, uh, you know, with addition of a new color. Uh, I think that might bounce it out somewhat. Uh, you know, so so we'll see. I think that just like Cos was saying with Shark, you know, that kind of keeps it in check a little bit too. Mm-hmm. Um, just you know, once they build their wide board of like Beldegore, Lamorak, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, I, I feel like okay, we're your Shark. That kind of just starts them back over from step one. So, you know, I think Purple's still obviously tier one deck on in the set three. It's just I don't think it's tiers zero like it is presently with this, you know, uh, lore set meta with one event. So, you know, going, going back to my point earlier, I kind of just remembered what I was going to say was that, you know, we were talking about spending all this time uh, playing this lore set meta and it's for one event, right? Mm-hmm. Like I've spent like 40 hours or more, like just testing this, this meta and like for what like for one event right <laughs> and then it's just all goes away so uh, and know. it's it goes away in a very real way right it's like it's not like after the pro tour it's like uh you know an expansion set that might change a deck it's like literally the entire yep. meta is different and it's just like yeah. all of my testing mm-hmm. is essentially useless right after the pro tour which for a lot of people it's like the week after they're jumping to a grand open <laughs> yeah it's like here's a new color but like more importantly it's like here's floodstream so it's like all these decks that are good now like pterosaurs etc cetera, etc cetera, like floodstream just makes them play so much differently so yep. we'll mm-hmm. see how it shakes out but i i wouldn't be surprised to see purple win like one of these next two grand opens after the pro tour but i i think there would be probably going to be more diversity um overall so mm-hmm. yeah totally agree so and you know purple's so strong so i i think in general kind of a lot of a, kind of where we figured things would land if we ever did get a ban list kind of 
has kind of shaken out and landed. It is funny how close it's coming to the launch event meta. Um, but at the very least, you know, we're not stuck playing like depths mini games anymore, right? It's just very much just like, okay, you, it sucks, you know, in terms of the meta, not much has changed, but at least now it's like very clear cut, you know, good solid play, maybe a couple of tech choices here and there can kind of help you decide your run. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah, where... I mean, it. it is basically, you know, come to think of it, I never really thought about it, you know, like this, but it is a launch event meta like i guess now right because you have red aggro white purple yeah yeah <laughs> i guess and, so. and then and then cause <laughs> cause here committing to like green or yellow which is like Giant if i can it. just if i can just fade red all day <laughs> <laughs> i mean fading red is a better plan than like playing a deck that just auto bolts the purple. purple yeah so you know if if you have to dodge red you might be able to get away with it for the most part. If, but if you go in thinking, man, if I can only dodge purple, that's going to be uh, a long day. A very <laughs> long day, dude. You're going to be, you, dude, you could be 0 and 5 down in table 90 and still be playing purple. Like, playing in the battle <laughs> round. Okay, that was my yeah. uh, launch event where I went five of my seven rounds against Nova. So I've already done that once. Why not? You know, just do the purple version. Yeah, you're, of so, you're so versed in the, in the matchup now. <laughs> I think we can all, you know, as John was saying, I think we can all agree. Like, even if it is only for one, uh, one single event, and obviously, I honestly, I've been testing more for this event than I've actually had in the past, just because how it's lined up. Um, but at least it feels better to play, even if it goes back to is you know, Spearmanch goes back to like the launch meta. It does feel like we are playing, you know, old format plus a little splash of something. My God, I've never been happier to not have to just worry about the depths mini game and just have a game go. All right, well, I guess this is over. Let's go to the next game. So. God, that has been so refreshing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's it's been it's been pretty refreshing. Like this this format, you know, despite only being one event for it, it has been fun, and the stakes are high, so it is at least worth it, right? Because there's people playing for worlds invites. Uh, there's people, you know, we're all playing for several thousands of dollars, so the stakes are high. So it makes it you know a little more fun overall. Plus, mm-hmm. it's in a, a different country, so we want to obviously do well <laughs> as americans you know over on on their turf so yeah yeah 100 percent. so with that said of course you'll be seeing all of us as well as numerous americans the the conquest is coming over so if you guys are planning on attending the netherlands uh pro tour feel free to say hi i think we're all landing on friday um which for the most part i think we'll just get situated but i land friday morning at like eight like my flight leaves from Philadelphia on Thursday at like 7 p.m. and it lands in Amsterdam at like 8 a.m. Or am I dumb and I arrive Thursday? I don't know. I'll figure it out. I guess we're arriving Thursday. Oops. <laughs> Either way, we're going to be there. So definitely say hi uh, and, uh, you know. Hopefully we'll be able to chat and maybe do a live show also, which could be interesting. Not a live show, at least an in-person show, which could be interesting. So we'll see if we can line up. On site, yeah. Um, So with that, and uh, there is the notion that now I'm thinking back on it. Um, We haven't talked about event packs, but I think we'll save that for conversations as we jump into uh, maybe talking about how we're going into the next goes. Uh, TLDR, the stamps are cool. I don't like the card picks, but, you know, we can jump into those conversations later. Uh, Jumping into now, we got Guess That Flavor Text. Uh, the little game show segment where uh, I go and propose a piece of flavor text to our apostles and give them the opportunity to be able to guess. They'll also have a couple of lifelines. Uh, and if they can guess it, kudos to them. Uh, uh, 
Last week was what? Was it? Uh, I remember what last week was. Because I thought that one caught you. Oh, it was the raccoon. It was the raccoon. Yeah. Raccoon yeah, guard. Yeah, yeah. Raccoon guard. So, yeah, yeah. So, so now let's see if uh, John or Cosmic can get this one. And for what it's worth, kudos to them because they do a pretty good job. They do better than I do for sure. <laughs> so this week's flavor text. Oh, I'm going to have oh. to fix that on the screen. Oop, there we go. Uh, fighting began with a total rout at the hands of the Imperial Army's golems. However, combat soon became a quagmire. The Phantasm, our kingdom's primary forces, could freely traverse the gates to the Dark World and were adept at guerrilla warfare. Imperial Chronicle, ye- it says Yeed, but year 253, page 211. 253. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, so this has to be a vanilla, because that is a lot of text. Good guess, yeah. Good guess. Uh, guess that's probably a purple card. Phantasm. Maybe it's a curse guy. But that curse, has like, is, curse is a small keyword that fits just at the top. Yeah, that has like one line of text. Like, uh... What's that guy's name? Like Zagris or something? That purple. You can right. you can go for a lifeline if you like, or you can lock in yeah. one of your answers. It's up to you. Nah, nah. Let's just go for a lifeline. Let's see. All right. It is a four cost. Oaken Pandal. You want right, that? No. I mean, it's uh, up to you. Oaken Pandal is Oaken's... a purple card. No, it, it does not have flavor text on it though. <laughs> It's the only one that came to mind, but it's um oh no, what is his name? Oh man, I I don't know without looking it up. I'm trying to think of the four cost purple vanillas. Like this is a set one card. It's gotta be set one. Like something from a starter deck. Like but I can't think of any four cost vanillas from the starter deck. Uh I would like to guess it's before you go to give the life, I want to guess if it's the card I'm thinking of that I can't think of the name of by saying what its family type is. Sure. John, do you have anything though yet? No. Is it Shadow? The four drop Shadow? No, so it is not. So moving on to the lifeline, uh, no. it is a Darkling. Darkling. So it can't be set one then. There weren't any Darklings in set one. Right. Was there not? No. Was there not a darkling in set one? Show, I don't play purple. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think there's any darklings in set one because set one had had like shadows and serpents and a couple other random. Types isn't of uh, isn't imp a darkling? Nightling, no, because it doesn't want the nightling archetype. Oh, are those not the same thing? No. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Nightling and Darkling are obviously different. Clearly, <laughs> night and dark are very different things. Yeah, my bad boys. <laughs> man, so is it a set three card? Man, if it's a set three card, I got nothing. Um. <laughs> See, I thought it was because Imperial Ar- Army's Golem is a set three reference, but I don't remember. Um, Wait, what type did you say it was again? Is Night, it Darkling? Darkling. Dark, Darkwing Duck. I, I don't know. <laughs> Darkwing. That's why I'm confused. Like, it, it feels like it would be a set three, because I don't think the Imperial Army's Golem is uh, referenced before set three. Gonna need but a I, just, commi- I don't gonna know. Need a commitment, boys. I, I got nothing. 
I thought I might have had a guess, but then the the no, family I, threw me off. So, Cosmic, anything? No, I. Uh, boys, I you're back, gonna be you're gonna be so you're gonna be so upset with this, boys, but especially John, because it's both hands. I swear to God, I was gonna say both hands, but that's the only card I can think of from set three. I just didn't say it. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, is is very intense. <laughs> I got too stuck on the Arch Kingdoms because that's a set one reference to the Duke that got brought up sure. a lot. And the Imperials Army should have brought me back around to set three quicker. Yeah, oh, I, what the hell? Yeah, is <laughs> this now, now I have to look something up. It's as a Darkling. Yeah, curious how many Darklings actually exist. Three, three Darklings. Okay, three Darklings. So there is one in set one actually. Stray Soul. Mm. Oh, that, that, right. that's a darkling from set one. Uh, it's another vanilla, it, right? Well, or does it remove it, a core? That's the remove a core draw guy. It has yeah, a okay. one summon effect, yeah. And it's a starter deck card. And then set two has uh, Slimy. Yep, that's the, yeah. the two direction vanilla. So one is set vanilla, there we go. three cost vanilla. And See, then, that, uh, now I know these random hands. cards that nobody has <laughs> ever heard of or what they do, but yeah. Um, yep. So I so I guess uh, one question here, right? So something that was really cool that I had been um, told to by a few lore masters about battle spirits back in the day was that this applied to every card. But generally speaking, in the card's art, the amount of gems you saw on the spirit kind of associate to how much reduction the actual card had, which I thought was a super cool reference. Obviously, because they're using old art now, that kind of doesn't associate one to one. How viable would both hands be if it had four purple reductions? Wasn't it for cost, not reduction? No, uh, it was for reduction, I think. Or I think either it's... or. If it's a free mm. four drop in a deck that obviously can run like Beldegore and stuff like that, right? Like, do we do we care about that? For 4K and purple, though, that's actually hitting kind of a nice spot. If it's free plus a 4K one. I was curious about something, sorry. Since you said the cord thing, I want to have to look up a card that I know has some number of cores. I... <laughs> That doesn't help us because it has the same cost and reduction. Anyway, uh, I don't know, something like that. But both hands would also be not viable at all if it had four purple reduction. Mm. I yeah. I still think it costs too much, even with four four reductions. Like we, we already have the elephant with four reduction, right? Yeah. 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 So I mean I think if it was a three cost with three reductions, it's like now we're talking, but Mm-hmm. Four with four reduction. I mean, there's a red card that has four reduction, and we still don't. Doesn't play see it. play. That is true. Yeah. 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 So. yeah Waken will have it stay. Hold on. One <laughs> of these days, it don't matter. I think there's the benefit that you get like immortal. So like maybe there's a world in which like you can do like free four drop into immortal stuff. But even then, man, I don't. I don't think it kind of pans out for when you get in the realm of like free bodies, but they cost four, seem to count for having three reductions on board. That can get pretty tough. Um, yeah. but in terms of art, you know. Our uh, favorite reptoids, you know, so he's a three cost with one little gem on his back with one reduction. I'm not saying the associates perfectly in BSS is very much just a battle spirits thing from what I heard. Um, but man, I, not, I can't look at reptoids, man. They're so goofy. <laughs> yeah. like, I think, see, because Dilophosa is a three cost with two reduction and it has four gems on yeah, it so i mean in, I don't, or, in original bat in original battle spirits he actually has four reductions 
Okay, so maybe that's what it is. Yeah, then. Okay. yeah, yeah. Someone yeah. actually pulled him up. He actually does tricked have four us. reductions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, yeah, they tricked us. Mm-hmm. Well, I can't be <laughs> held, held held responsible for being tricked. So mm. I, I guess that's hard to yeah dispute that. So uh, with that said, like we said, we we are keeping it a little bit shorter today, um, especially given that you know we're kind of trying to tie up some knots as we lead to the pro tour. Um, but to kind of put a little bow on it, you know, there's been conversations about the best player in the game. Uh, for since the last pro tour, essentially, Caleb cannot attend this tournament, and there's the notion of like, hey, is Caleb a one man, you know, one trick pony? And I think a lot of players kind of fall into that category over the past first year, you know, the first season, first, you know, first six months of Battle Spirit. So, um, you know, there's a lot of players in contention that we had talked about before, you know, uh, Blandin, Valentino, Mataz, you can make an argument for Zach or, or Yumu, or, you know, even Daniel, who's gone like traveling and getting a bunch of uh, grand open tops recently. So, um, if we had to put on the line a player to who we think would win the tournament, and let's exclude ourselves because I, I know we'd all love to pin ourselves uh, into that position. Um, who would you predict is going to take down this tournament? Uh, and we'll start with Cosmic and make our way around. So I'm going to be biased and this just goes off of more so past game knowledge and whatnot, but I got to give it to Alex Blandon. Um, one, he's just been traveling a ton. And I two, I know the guy is just an absolute machine when it comes to uh you know previous games he's done well in obviously he did well going all the way back to launch event and just continues to perform well uh minus the yellow nap that he took for one of the events right uh we'll we'll exclude that one but i i think that if i had to just pick someone just again based on sheer past history and you know they're you know taking also into consideration the run in battle spirit saga for me it's got to be blandon all the way mm-hmm. how about you john where are you landing yeah, I mean, Alex is definitely the hottest player right now, right? I mean, he's made top or won the last, like, four or five events he's played in, so it's mm-hmm. hard to bet against them. Um, but, I mean, I also know that, you know, Ryan Valentino, like, he's kind of the same way. You know, either top or win, like, every event, basically. Uh, so, you know, it's I would probably be, like, disowned if I – picked against my own team so <laughs> just, just because cause picked alex i'm i'm gonna say ryan all right okay so you you have to pick someone else too you, you get a special two shout out because i think it is a little <laughs> bit cheap to just take a team right, so, so if got, i had to pick a non-teammate <laughs> sure and and if i can't pick myself then uh i'd probably say ryan matas he is uh probably the most consistent battle spirits player like not close so I mean, I think the worst he's ever finished in a tournament is like ninth. So, yep. and he's played in all of them since Palm Springs. So, you know, with that kind of track record, uh, I mean, he's he's got to get one at some point, right? So, you know, mm-hmm. I'm if you know again, if I can't pick my own team, so Alex Ryan, if you listen to this, don't get pissed at me. <laughs> Just blame <laughs> me. It's okay. Yeah, we'll say Matas. Yeah, I I, uh, I like that line of thought. I'd actually, I'll actually probably go Zach Bell um i like what you know zach gets to or lives with mata so they get to play each other all the time um but now you you put him in a position of being in a purple dominant meta where he is the king of a mirror like you see this guy like play in the mirror match and he just like eviscerates it like he completely understands what's happening um but plus 
it's and mind you like yes purple mirrors can go to time but you add the fact that he doesn't have to fight against axe spider and like turning his deck into a beat axe spider game one half my side deck is also more additional like axe spider tech and you can focus on doing what purple stuff likes to do um i think you're in a really good position as like a purple dominant player in previous metas to kind of like really kind of take it to the limits here especially as while i do think other decks can win games against purple um did lose out some of like some really good tools to kind of like you know overwrapped it on to kind of really put on the pressure with scorch and stuff like that so i think uh, i think in that same realm uh you know you got a player who can play every single day against Matas. So i think uh my pick is probably going to land on zach but again i would not be shocked if like valentino or like uh, alex or whatever kind of took it down so it's kind of where i land i think i think at the end of the day good players are good i think we've had a variable very and and not only are they good, they're consistent. I think a lot of the best players in the game right now are consistently really good at this game. Um, consistently can perform and, and get into the top cut positions, which means like you can land any of those picks. And honestly, I'd be like, yeah, probably. Yeah, I mean, if you go back and look at the top sixteen out of like all the grand opens, it's usually like the same people, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, like twelve of the sixteen players are basically the same every time. So you know, if if you go down to thirty two, it's even more clear so you know i feel like anyone out of those top 32 consistent players could win the event because i think there's not a lot separating still so, i mean this kind of came up in and discord earlier too where you have like your three four or five players who are like 10 out of 10 rarely make mistakes like the best of the best but then after that i think nines eights sevens sixes well maybe not sixes, but like the nines eights and sevens i don't think it's a lot separating those players i mm. think it comes down to like you know pretty much matchups right so you just have to kind of get lucky to spike an event um you know and then i think anyone could could yeah. come out on top there's probably i think alex said this in in discord earlier too there's probably five six players that are like basically playing for like the best player i mean if they win the event like if matos wins if alex wins if valentino wins like it's hard to argue that they aren't the best player in the game right now mm -hmm. you know that could change in season three but you know winning a pro tour is a big deal you know so we'll yeah see. especially and like and, and to go back to your point about like how it's just like you know the top 30 most consistent players you wouldn't even be shocked to see one of them kind of make like a hot run go all the way it's like Every North American go I've been going to since like the past three we've had after round four, you look at top tables. I'm like, this is disgusting. Like these are the scariest top table Swiss tables I've ever seen in my life. Cause it's like every single person up to like table 10 has like top the to pro tour, top the to grand open won the pro tour or the grand open. It's just like, what the heck is going on here? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the pro tour will be no different. Like mm -hmm. going in the round four of, of, of the pro tour, look at the top 10 12 tables and like you said it'll be like grand open winner pro tour top four like you know a thousand grand open top eights all around the way and like i think that's great and the best part is is that all those players are really cool to talk to so you know just i don't smoke but i love going outside at these events just to hang out and talk with the players because it's always fun mm -hmm. yeah well big kudos to kind of like the top tier players 100 i love talking with everyone here it feels like it's uh uh, and a deviation to actually have someone who's unpleasant to talk to, which is a, definitely a nice bonus. So huge shout outs to our community on that front. But with that said, we did say we were going to keep this one a little bit short this week. So once again, thank you everybody for joining the Church of Pen 10 podcast. 
will be again uh, not next week we are missing out on one week as uh, i will be traveling and then everyone else will be traveling so uh, we'll be making our way there but we'll see about throwing together an episode uh right following the pro tour so with that said once again if you are going to the pro tour say hi wave always not the chat and we're excited to see all of you soon in the Netherlands and hopefully there's a stream and then we can be able to to chat and kind of see all that fantastic stuff go down. But with that said, enjoy your week, everybody, and may the cores be our saviors. <laughs>